We have Trapper Jack on from the podcast Touched by Heaven to discuss real-life miracle stories, their importance, and why the church needs to highlight them today, all on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, it's my great pleasure today to have on the podcast with us Trapper Jack from the Touched by Heaven podcast. Trapper, welcome to Spirit Answers podcast. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I am beyond thrilled and, and, and thankful to have you on. And real quick, we're going to get into some uh, supernatural stories, uh, as you call them, flare gun moments that lead back to Christ and, and the truth that's found in the Word of God. But before we get started, for the people that aren't familiar with Touch by Heaven, can you kind of give us a brief rundown of Touch by Heaven? Sure. It's, uh, it's a podcast that uh, it, it got inspired a few years back. It was kind of funny. I thought, what did I want to do? And I had this, I had this concept that I knew I had one story and this one story had to do with, was it a divine intervention, angel encounter? I wasn't sure, but it's these, it's these moments of collision of heaven and earth where there's just no other explanation other than God's hand. And I knew I had one story and I told my wife what the story was and she's going, you should, that's a, that's a podcast. And I said, I don't know if I would have enough listeners that would create enough people that would contribute to something like this because as you know it's content you want to do it on a pretty regular basis and like you know if i'm trying to do something weekly would i have weekly stories of angel encounters and divine interventions and miraculous this and visions and prophetic dreams or whatever and she said well pray about it and i said okay and i i, I said you know actually i think i'll do something even more powerful than that so i, I said alexa <laughs> i said i said what's today's bible verse and Alexa actually said, commit to the Lord in whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I mm -hmm. thought, wow. I had played again. Commit to the Lord in whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That sounds like if I make the first step, he's, 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 he's doing the bulwark of the whole thing. So, so I did an episode, and we haven't stopped 168 you know, episodes later. Uh, you, want, you want to know what that first one was? Because it's a, it's a doozy. <laughs> what, what was that? The story was, and it was a buddy of mine and a, and a guy who teaches podcasting, his name was Dave Jackson. Uh -huh. And and I heard on his podcast, he was telling the story and answering somebody's question about, I understand that you should have died and you didn't. And here's what happened back in the early 90s when he was going to college, he was dropping his girlfriend off at her apartment. He pulls in and there's a guy standing in the parking space next to him who is saying, get out of the car. And Dave's going, no, I'm fine. Thanks. And, uh, get out of the car. And Dave says to his girlfriend, stay in the car. We're getting out of here. And he, and he pulls out, has to kind of do a T thing and to drive off. And he hears this bang and he thinks the guy hit his car with a brick. He doesn't know he's just been shot at and he's flying through down the street through red lights and everything. He pulls into a place where he worked this kind of burger place. And there was a police officer there and he pulls up and says, would you look at my car? I don't know if a guy hit me with a brick or what. And the officer said, roll up your window. And he rolled up the window and he says, roll it back down. He says, look right there. Look head, head level on his window, you know, windows that big. This guy from seven feet away had shot a bullet at Dave's head and it literally had bounced off the window, ricocheted as he was driving and put a hole through the metal of his door. Wow. Impossible. Impossible. So yeah. being in school, he on the, on the following Monday, he goes to his physics teacher and says, explain how this works. 
This is what happened. And the officer showed him this black smoke. That is that that's a bullet. It had a little nick out of the glass, but it did not go through from, from you know, six, seven feet away. So he says to his physics teacher, explain this. And the, after he explains it, well, that's easy. He says, Dave, somebody upstairs likes you. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that that was it. That was it. And and I talked to Dave, and it's like, okay, why are you still alive? What purpose are you still here to fulfill? Why you and not somebody else? And it just led to this conversation. And we've been having those conversations on a weekly basis with people, whether it's angels or divine interventions or dreams or whatever, ever since. That is so cool. And I, I remember that. I, I've, I've heard every touch by heaven, actually. I, I remember that story uh, really well. And uh, it, what, what an incredible, incredible story. And if, like you, like you said, um, if, if that is not an indication of the supernatural and, and God's hand uh, playing a role, I, I don't know what is. I don't know what could possibly convince somebody. But yeah. how, do, how do you explain it otherwise? You exactly. Know, you, and and that's the thing. You know, if you have non-believers, they'll they'll hear that kind of story and go, "Well, we don't know. Nobody knows." And they want to quickly put it on a shelf. And and you can't. You say, "No, no, 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 no." You who say everything is by science. Oh, it's, if it's not, if you can't prove it, if it's not scientific, then then let's just forget about it as a way of kind of uh, demeaning and pushing down faith issues. It's like no. This is a science project. Explain, explain what happened to a bullet that from six, seven feet away does not penetrate glass, but does go through a metal door. Explain that. And they'll say, well, we can't. And they want to move again. No, look, look at it. Yeah. And so that's that. I, I think science is on our side, to be honest with you, Alex. I think it's on our side if you look at a lot of these cases. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I wanted to ask you. How was it that you started to find out about these modern day miracle stories that God was still doing some of these things that he did in the Bible today? Well, I'll tell you, when I, when I left the church, when I was, I don't know, 18, 20 years old, because God was a bore. He was, he was boring. Uh, I grew up Catholic and there was no relationship and I, I knew a lot of the ritual stuff, knew a lot of the teachings, but I just didn't care. And I walked away. And then, uh, 30 years later, it was kind of strange because, um, I was in this house and it was a Sunday and my wife and two kids are out of the house and I've got a great job in radio in Cleveland, Ohio. I've got a great wife and a couple of great kids. And how come I don't feel so great? This is uh, August of 1999. And I just, I just, I am I'm, I'm communicated, you know, the, the uh, prayer was, was usually those, you know, uh, cries out for help. Not much more. It wasn't that much uh, conversation going on. But on that day, I did. I just cried out and said, I don't know what I'm missing, but you do. And I just threw that prayer out there. And a few months later, he directed me towards people, places, and things that just totally had me walking into the miraculous. Uh, just As I say, just people, places, and things that all of a sudden, everything that I, that I had was told about from the Bible, everything that you see in the Bible and read about in the Bible, I discovered was still happening today. And that shocked me that Jesus was still healing people, still sending his angels. People were having encounters, uh, divine interventions. Everything you read about still happening today, just not being talked about all that much. And that stunned me. It's like, wait a minute, if these stories are out there, and a lot of this is scientific stuff that now can be proven, how come nobody's talking about this stuff? So I started an initial podcast called Blind Faith Live about miracles. And then three plus years ago, in making a switch, uh, the things that really excited me were the encounter things where people um, like me who who 
had these experiences, but even beyond that, here, in fact, here's, here's, here was my first personal encounter, if you will, at least the one that kind of made sense to me. I'm in this office, I'm seeing a lot of miracles happening and I'm, I'm being dazzled. Now I'm legally blind. Okay. So I, I'm going to see this doctor who I know when he prays, I've seen miracles happen and I'm going, okay, I'm not getting my miracle, but I'm seeing other people get their miracles and I'm being overloaded with miracle stories. I'm not getting mine, but I know you're up to something. And again, what are you up to? And I do something that I think I'm inventing something. <laughs> I've you ever played Bible roulette, Alex? You ever do it? <laughs> I have. I have. Okay. Where it's like, I need an answer. I, I had never heard of Bible roulette. All yeah. I knew is there was a Bible in this house somewhere. I found it. At that time, uh, actually, uh, well, I got them over there. But anyway, I, I don't use them much anymore. I had these this kind of headgear that had this big magnetic lens on it. or Not magnetic, but magnifying lens on it. So I could read somewhat in, you know, passages or whatever. So I grabbed the Bible thinking I'm inventing this thing and I'm going, okay, explain to me what's going on here, God. I'm seeing miracles. I'm not getting mine. What are you up to? And I flipped open the Bible, stuck my finger in there, and I got Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 basically says, I cried out to you, God, and you plucked me out of the muck, put me on firm ground, steadied me and put a new song in my throat for others to hear and be affected by. And that's what had happened. I'd cried out. He had uh, plucked me out, steadied me by surrounding me with some really good people who got me directed correctly. And I was singing. A new song had been put in my throat for others to hear. I was singing about the miraculous things I, you know, I was seeing. In fact, I was starting to put stuff on radio and everything else. So this was my life. Of all the Bible verses, this, this one, this one, was was there i haven't seen any bible verse since that could match my life before during and after than psalm 40 and wow. then the next thing i i decided to do was in looking at that and it was stunning because i was sitting right here and i just i just paused and i kind of looked up and went you're in the room how is that possible a creator of everything creator of everything is in the room with me now you're having a conversation with me right now I asked a question and you just answered it better than I even asked it. And it stunned me. It humbled me. It excited me. It did a lot of things. And my next thing that I knew I needed to do in that I wanted more of this, I wanted to experience more of God, Alex. I, I wanted this to happen again. I wanted physical manifestation just like 2000 years ago. Show me the miracle, Jesus. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I thought about it and I thought, I just knew something. I knew that I had, I had to get better. I had to be a better person for him to, I knew I needed to take a step towards him for him to take another step towards me. I just somehow inwardly knew that, that he had done something. You want more of this? He knows me. He knows how to play me, man. He, he knows how to seduce me. And so I knew that I needed to do something else for him to do something else. I don't know. I, I can't quite explain that. So I thought, okay, what do I need to improve in my life? I had two little kids. And I said, uh, I just thought I'm going to stop yelling at my kids. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, stupid yelling stuff, you know, just dumb yelling stuff. And I just went, I, I, it was the low hanging fruit for me to improve. Stop yelling at the kids. You know, what is that? And so I stopped a cold Turkey. I haven't yelled at them since to be honest with you. It doesn't mean there's not discipline, but it just, I, that stupid yelling stuff that people do just out of aggravation. I stopped. And, uh, that was my, that was the low hanging fruit to me. Well, a couple of months after this started, 
I was downstairs, I have an exercise room. And while I was exercising, I looked over in the mirror and I could see my head split open and black smoke pouring out. And wow. I'm looking at me and I'm going, and I could see well enough to know that my head is split open and black smoke is pouring out. And I'm looking, what is he saying now? Okay, here's what he's saying now. He's saying, you're improving. You're improving, Trapper. See that black smoke? That's bad stuff. That's ego. So yes, you are improving, but I want you to see how much ego is in you. I want you to see how much gunk is in you. I want you to see how much sin is in you, how self-centered you are. Yes, you are improving, and God bless you for that. It was like, yeah, man, me bless you, Trevor. <laughs> God bless God. But anyway, he's looking at me, and he's giving me a message. He's saying, you're getting better. You got a long way to go. But he gave me, again, an instance of me being able to to see him in action. Okay, uh, he's seducing me. He's reeling me in. I continue to look at whatever low-hanging fruit, whatever things that I can sit on my ego, die to self, all these things I've read about that meant nothing to me until now. And then it took another, I don't know, year, year and a half, and I had a miracle in this house. I was upstairs. It was 2.30 in the morning because I got up at 2.30 to do the radio show. And as I'm waking up, I see that the light's on. My, uh, my wife's obviously left left the ceiling light on. And as I'm getting up and the ceiling light's not on, I got a lamp right here and that's not on. I look over, there's a lamp right there. That's not on, but the whole room is illuminated. And I'm looking out the window. I see it's pitch black. It's two 30 in the morning. I'm looking at the clock. It's two 30. I had a big digital clock with big red numbers on it. So I could see it across the room and, uh, two 30 and it's pitch black, except in my room, it's completely illuminated. And then I realized I can see perfectly all the crud that I usually look through, all the murkiness was gone. I could see the grain of the wood in the dresser. I could see the color in the, the little rug. I could see the drapes, ceiling fan. I could see everything absolutely perfectly. Incredible. And it lasted about one minute. And then all the black crud started coming back into the room. Now, uh, I, I'm a Catholic. God knows I'm a Catholic. God knows what you know. So he will, he will address you. He will meet you where you are. And he met me where I am. That happened on December 8th. That's a significant day to Catholics. That's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception uh, is, is December 8th. It happened on December 8th, 2003. Then I could bookend it because then I realized, again, part of the conversation was when I sent that prayer in August of 1999, it was August 15th. Again, to Catholics, that means something. That's the Feast of the Assumption of Mary, Mary being assumed into heaven, body, and soul. So now I have bookends. When I sent the prayer and when I got my vision back, even though it was for one minute, Mary's there too. So her fingerprints are there. God the Father, through Mary, sending me messages. And Jesus saying to me, in that moment, I am the light of the world. <laughs> There's no light bulb bought in here. I am the light of the world. And whether I heal you or not, shouldn't even matter to you. I, 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 whether, whether you can see or not shouldn't matter to you because I am here. And, and his message to me was, I am here. The light of the world is here. So it was pretty powerful stuff. That's beautiful. And I love what you said, which is that God meets us where we're at. And I think that your story highlights that perfectly. And I think it's a, it's a great lesson for us as followers of Christ to remember to do that to other people as well. Um, I, I found in starting this podcast, some of the response that I've gotten from uh, people that are not believers is that they have had some really, really difficult experiences with people in the body of Christ, with Christians. And um, that 
in particular has been one of the things that has driven them away from seeking a relationship with God in this whole this whole God thing or or going to church. Um, so I I think it is so important to remember to follow what our Creator has set as an example for us in looking at people and and looking at their heart in in a way that Jesus did in the New Testament. He didn't stay angry at people. He didn't come at them in an overly condemning way. He came at them in a way that was with with empathy and with care, even when he was, uh, you you know, trying to show them something or correct them in some way. So I really appreciate that, that your uh, encounter there highlights something that I think is so important today. You make a really good point. And the only people he gave a hard time to was the clergy, if you'll notice. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're the right. ones who was like, you know, you hypocrite, you this, you that, you wear this, but you're doing that. And you're, and he, th- those are the people that he went after. When it came to the regular folk like us, the sinners, if you will, I'm not here to c- condemn you. It's like, you know, the woman, you know, caught in adultery. All right, let's stone her. And it's like, well, which one of you, you know, w- wants to cast that first stone? You know, uh, the thing that he said to her, Sometimes we forget the second half. Uh, Is no one here to condemn you? I'm not here to condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. So he always gives that to us kindly. Don't don't do that anymore. Kindly. Clergy, he's in their face because, you know, you know, why, why are you speaking, but you're not living it? You know, that, that was always the, I'm trying to think if there was a clergy person he liked, uh, Nicodemus, maybe up on the, up on the roof, maybe there was a little, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, he was very patient with him. That's for sure. Yeah. He was patient, but, uh, but with, with, with the people he came across, oh my gosh, he had nothing but empathy and pity for us. And I got to tell you, as I'm now being seduced back to God and back to the church, if you will, I get it. I came back with such arrogance, Alex. I came back with now that I had the answer. Oh, I've you know, okay, you I was I was I was ridiculous. I was ridiculous now. I wanted to tell stories and if they didn't get it, then you know, it's on them. What's the matter with you? Don't you and uh, just total arrogance. And it took a lot of years. I feel like I'm still going through that conversion of of just the gentleness of Christ. So gentle. You know, when when I, I was just talking to somebody who in their encounters, um, God, I mean, literally hears the voice of God. And even in, and, and this was in an abortion situation where, whether it was the father or Jesus, she, she's in the room where the abortion is supposed to take place. And she hears, and she's ready. She's, she has no, she has nothing. She has no reason not to do this. I'm not, I don't want this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to be a mom right now. I've already got two kids and I've had enough issues and all this kind of stuff. And she's, she's totally in, she's totally in. And then for the, I don't know how many, how many times this has happened to her, but at this moment, here comes this inner voice out of nowhere, this love that says, you got a choice, you got a choice. And, and she realizes she's got to make the right choice, but God in his beauty and his love, he gave us a free will and he reassures her. Make the right choice, and things are going to be wonderful for you. Make the right choice. Things are going to be wonderful. If you don't, and he didn't say, you know, hell and damnation upon you. He's just saying, make the right choice, which is what we're all supposed to be doing. No matter, you know, moment to moment, do the, do the next right thing. Somehow or another, in the midst of all that, she just knew she couldn't displease dad. And she reversed. She got out of there, didn't come back. Um, 
and just an incredible and she on the way you know she's out of there and she's just kind of like what just happened in there she's trying to you know pick it apart and take it apart of what just happened in there but in that moment for her she had to make a a choice and she made her choice as it turned out she had her child she's so glad she did you know that that was that was her story wow that is beautiful and again, just highlighting the nature of, of God and giving us, you know, not forcing himself on us, giving us the free will to choose uh, between right and wrong. And I don't think there's anything that is more loving than that. I, I truly don't. I, 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 th- I look at, you know, I was so confused for so many years, Trapper, because I, like many people, kind of put God in the bad guy camp. I thought I was thinking, how could he possibly allow all of this uh, you know, carnage and evil in the world, or is he the author of it? I, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. And uh, here are the, you know, the last couple of years as I've developed a relationship with Christ, I have had the opportunity to look at it from a completely different vantage point, which is he is giving us the free will to choose whether or not we choose good and truth, his ways, the ways that he's, he's asked us to live, or we can choose to go our own way. And uh, just as a, just as a parent or in any other relationship, I, I, again, I can't think of anything that is more loving than giving somebody that option to choose uh, which way they decide to go, because there is no, there's no love in forcing somebody to do something and turning somebody in, into a robot. And that yeah. was just so lost on me. Oh, and, you know, on one hand, it is so understandable for anybody to say, how does a loving God allow all this misery to happen? That's a, that's a perfectly good, legitimate question. Absolutely. And then you remember that Jesus said that the ruler, he doesn't say, hi, everybody, I'm the ruler of the world. He, he says the ruler of the world is the devil. That's a stunning statement that he says more than once. The ruler of this world is the devil. He says, I'm not from here. You're not from here. We're just visiting. We're here to change this place, you know. Uh, right. But he's the ruler of this world. And what we're supposed to do is add love to that world. But the suffering, suffering doesn't come from God. It doesn't, but, but doesn't he, doesn't God have final say? Of course God has final say. But at the same time, when those angels fell and fell to this level and, and were given the influence that they have, and then now we have this free will to change things around and follow Christ because here comes Christ to do what he does. I mean, it's, it boggles the mind when you start thinking about, you know, we hear phrases. We all hear these phrases and they just go in one ear and out the other. You know, God became man. No, do you understand God became man? Does that make any sense? The one who created everything cares. Why? Excuse me. If I'm God, it's like looking down at an anthill and going, I'm going to become one of you. Why? You know what? Because he loves us. Why? Because he made us. Why? Because he wants a family. But think about this. He became one of us. This guy's got to be loony. Why would he want to become... And to, and to have to go through what we go through, but he did because he loves us, because he needs to reconcile everything back to the Father. Once upon a time, everything was perfect in the universe. And then the angels fell. I know Adam and Eve get all the get all the abuse for the fall. No, look at the angels. They're the ones that blew it for everybody. They're the ones that messed up. Right. Heard of them anyway. So he he becomes one of us, walks around here on this earth, uh, allows himself. To be crucified that way, you know, making it a, uh, making it not just an execution, but a sacrifice. The devil doesn't even know what's going on. He just wants this guy dead. He obviously doesn't know everything about Jesus. He does. He knows something, but he doesn't. 
if he knew everything, he'd let Jesus die of old age. <laughs> he's not gonna. Yeah. He's not gonna let him get up on that cross. There's no way. Great point to make that a sacrifice. So there's some things he doesn't know. He doesn't know. And then, boy, I, do you see the Passion of the Christ? By the way, that movie. I, I have not. There's an interesting scene that this devilish character wants this Jesus guy dead. This guy's trouble. He's got people excited. He's got people looking to God. Trying. He's, he's getting people holier. So he wants this guy dead. And then the moment Christ dies on the cross, this is the moment the devil should be jumping up and down with joy. And instead, he suddenly is given the awareness of what just happened. And that the sacrifice, wait a minute, God became, wait, 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 this guy is, wait, what is he? All of this is now being revealed. And he looks up to the heavens and lets out this angry scowl. This guy that should be happy, not happy because he realized he just got duped. He just, this is when the clock started ticking and he knows his time is short because now that he's done his part and then we start doing our part and following Christ. And at some point, as it says in revelation, he's, you know, you got all these guys uh, dressed in white looking to God saying, when are you going to get your revenge? And God basically says, chill. Chill, relax for a little bit. And not until the number's complete of the martyrdom and all that stuff. So there's a number. There's a number of us that have to die. There's a number of us who have to follow before everything reaches this point. And the devil's basically kicked out of uh, kicked off earth, if you will. Uh, and peace comes to us, and Jesus wins the victory at the end. But uh, and we're in that process now. We sure it sure sounds like we're getting closer to something, doesn't it? It, it sure, sure feels does. like there's there's an age here about to about to end, as as many mystics are saying. So. So we're, we're in that process right now, but what, what an incredible loving God to become one of us. It's just, it's nuts. Yeah. And again, I, I appreciate that you highlight that um, because I, I've talked to, uh, you know, somebody here recently that's going to be on the show here soon. And she says she, you know, she's really into sci-fi stories and she says, I can't think of a more spectacular uh, sci-fi mystery story than the Bible, uh, because you look at this thing and we're talking about miracles, the Bible, there is no way a human being could have written this thing. If you really sit down and you take a look at this, the scales are lifted off your eyes and you see what's in this book. I, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And when you think about how hard it is, for example, let's say to write a, a, a screenplay, a 120 page screenplay to, in, in a matter of months. And that's usually one person making sure everything lines up perfectly. And here we have this book that was written over the course of uh, several hundred years that was written by several different people that has uh, wisdom that is obviously it's not from a human being. Uh, I, I just can't believe it. I, I cannot believe I, I, I remember when I first read the Bible, I said, this thing is being slept on. This thing is being slept on. Could you imagine if we got this book? Somehow we, we we didn't know about the Bible until today and somebody unearthed it. I, I really think that this book, the, the Bible, would be taken a lot more seriously. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. All the prophecies that have come true are right. remarkable. How, you can't, how do you predict 600 years out, 1,200 years out? What You know, the things that uh, this is what the Messiah is, this is what's going to happen, and it all happens, and it was written hundreds of years before. It's 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 off the charts, that, that, that book. And I... And I, I didn't care about it really until relatively recently in my life. Is like, yeah, Bible, Old Testament, how boring is that? And I, I've really gotten into listening to Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year that he just you know, ended up being, I think, the number one podcast in the world. Wow. I don't know if it still is or not. But, yeah. but what he's doing as he goes through the Old Testament is that 
I'm learning things I've never knew before. I just didn't understand or care to understand. And it's just nice because sometimes you read, especially Old Testament, you go, what the heck does that mean? It's nice to have an expert. You know, it's always nice to have people actually know, know what all this means and, and, and through typology, how the Old Testament links to the new. It, it becomes just a fascinating, dazzling read. It really does. It does. And I'm right there with you. I can't I can't do it without a commentary to aid me. But yeah. that made all the difference in the world. And I and I recommend if anybody is having difficulties, especially with the Old Testament, to get to get yourself a good commentary. It really opens things up. Amen. Uh, all right. So do you want to tell us a, another one of your favorite Touch by Heaven moments? Sure. Um, one, another one of the earlier ones uh, that still sticks with me, a woman down in Australia named Karen. She told me the story, and this was a conversion moment for her. This, that's one of the things I love about a lot of these Touched by Heaven moments is that they're conversion moments. Uh, she and her husband were not faith-filled, didn't care all that much about God, church, or anything else, going through their life. And then one day, she's coming home from work, and uh, she, she's, <laughs> she's walking down the street, and she sees way down, and it's apparently you know, a relatively busy street, but she's looking way down the street, and she sees on the opposite side of the road, she sees three guys carrying something that looks heavy. She can't tell what it is, something that maybe it's covered by a sheet. But she just sees, sees these three guys kind of, she doesn't know what it is. She's just walking. He's like, eh, whatever. And then she hears a voice. No rhyme, no reason. Hadn't happened before. Hasn't happened since. But she's, and she hears a voice. And it's not hers, although it's kind of manifesting kind of as her voice because she doesn't know how to quite explain it other than something from the outside is now in and saying to her, when they drop it, look the other way. And she's kind of, what? Do you understand? Yeah, when they drop it, look the other way. And she's going, okay. And then he goes, I'm serious. <laughs> so she's having this conversation with this voice that's come out of nowhere. When they drop it, look, and do you understand? Yeah, I understand. And then after a while, and there's about a 15-minute walk here before these two, they're going to cross paths, and one's going to be, these guys are going to be over here, and this angel keeps saying, they're going to drop it. Look over there. Don't look over there. Look over there. Okay. And, and, and this angel, let's say, starts singing it to her. When, wow. when they drop it, look the other way. I mean, it's, and it's joking with her, but but also serious, don't forget. And she's going, I get it, I get it. And then as they approach, and again, three guys carrying something heavy, bulky, can't tell what it is, under a sheet. She doesn't know what it is. And uh, the uh, voice says, okay, okay, yeah, they're about to drop it. Remember, look the other way. Okay. She's <laughs> walking forward. Sure enough, bam. It's obviously coming from over there, and she looks the other way. And she's craning her neck to look the other way. And she continues walking forward while looking the other way. And she goes, this is kind of silly, kind of everything, but okay. And then she, after a suitable number of steps, she looks forward. She continues walking. And then she hears a voice from over here for one of the, one of the guys yelling, no, no, it's okay, man. She looked the other way. And she looks over. And sure enough, some guy, one of the three, was walking. And, and meanwhile, she's seeing that they're kind of readjusting the sheet on whatever this thing was because it had obviously had fallen off but he's he's saying to this guy it's okay she, she looked the other way and she's seeing this guy that was coming towards her turning around and going back the other way and it's like what whatever it was that was not to be seen this guy was going to come and do whatever harm to her 
threaten her. I don't know. She doesn't know. All she knows is she's safe now because she looked the other way. And then once that had passed, she continued walking and she said, thank you. No voice gone and hasn't come back. But that got her thinking. And then I think within about, I don't know, a year or so later, they, they joined a, a, a church down there that they never even thought of. They were both baptized uh, into the, wow. I think the church of England or something like that. And they, uh, you know, and are still in the church today that we still kind of email each other now and then. And it's just, it's just, you know, a life changing moment, faith changing moment, life saving moment, probably uh, just crazy. Wow. Absolutely yeah. incredible. And I've, I've yeah. heard, I've heard these stories before and they still blow my mind. Yeah. So I, I can imagine uh, other people's reaction to this. And I also think about too, just real quick, kind of coming back to the skeptic, uh, you know, I, I just don't understand in this particular case, what somebody in this, in this instance would have to gain for making something like this up uh, or, or what other po possible expo explanation we can come up with besides something uh, in the supernatural happening in this exact moment. Yeah. And that's interesting because as you hear people and you know, this, as you hear people tell the stories, they are so wrapped in the story. This is, this isn't. And then what I do, you know, there's just, there's no, right. there's no question. There's no question. Cause they are reliving the experience as they, as they tell, these aren't psychotic people. These are real people having real experiences and life-changing moments. And then, cause, because they talk about how I didn't care about God. Right. I'm, going, I got, I'm living my life. And then suddenly something happens and, you know, there's a heart change there that happens after. And I think that that yeah. is probably maybe even more incredible than the, than the miracle itself. There's a heart change. So yeah. a worldview is completely shifted. I agree. And there's, there's something about, and maybe you've picked up on this too, about the individuals who are sharing the stories. There is this humility. There's a lack of arrogance. There's a niceness you don't hear boastful people on the podcast. You don't hear right. people, you know, just, and then you, know, you just, you know, and God loves me. I can tell because you, you, there's just this humility as they tell their stories. And, um, the, the, the reality of, of, of these stories is so evident. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned earlier, uh, I've kind of want to circle back around to that, which is that, you know, there are people out there, especially in, in the church, that don't think that we should be talking about these miraculous moments or focusing on the supernatural. And I, my question to you is, um, I know you, you had mentioned again a little bit before, kind of you're developing your patience with, with people like this. But what is your response now as someone comes up to you and says, Trapper, you know, we, we, should, we shouldn't focus on these moments. We should focus purely on the, on the text. Yeah, and, and God bless them if they can get there that way. For for someone like me, I, I needed this these physical manifestations to be awakened. I mean, these are, I, my feeling is that if God's going to go to the tr trouble of doing them, then maybe he's got a reason, you know, uh, should we be looking for signs? You know, it's, it's there's always that fine line. Um, but in the course of my day, I don't think it's a negative if I'm looking for God every day and I'm looking for his manifestations every day. I'm not, it's not do a trick. I'm, I don't live in the world of do a trick, but I do want to stay open to ways that he communicates with us. And he, he created everything. The whole universe is his canvas he can paint on. Is he going to use only scripture? No, for some, that's beautiful. And it is for me now, but he wasn't coming after me. He, he wasn't going to get me through scripture because I wasn't reading it. Uh, 
So that's not the only way he's going to communicate. I remember there's there's a guy by the name of George. He's, he's a longtime listener to these things and and uh, supports us in what we do. And he was talking about how he's driving down the road. He's on the highway, and a and a buddy of his was just going through hell. He's just going through personal issues and health issues. And George, as his friend, is is angry, and he's angry at God, and he's kind of pounding the steering wheel, and you know, just you know, why why are you letting this happen? And you know, life sucks, and he's just. He's just mad. He's kind of mad at God. You know, why, why, you know, what the, what the life, life just sucks. And he turns the bend and there's a giant billboard that says life is what you make it. <laughs> <laughs> now, not everybody's going to catch it, but George as a listener does, he looks for that. Now he looks for the conversation. Um, some people would stick their finger and see Psalm 40 and it means nothing. I saw something. I didn't see the nothing. I saw the something. And I think as you go through your day, sometimes it can be a billboard. It can be the fact. Look at this story. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story here. This was one of the episodes you may remember. Uh, Ed, I think is his name, lives in, in England, agnostic, atheist, both he and his, uh, his wife. And um, he was listening to a podcast, I think, in which it talked about angelic numbers or something. You know, 111 is an angelic number, and it means something that the angels are trying to get a hold of you and stuff like that. And right. he's going, yeah, yeah, angels, yeah, yeah, whatever. And um, and I think his, uh, his I think he said, well, my baby was born at 111. And, well, and the guy, you know, and so he's listening, he's listening to a podcast or something, and this 111 means something. And he's, he actually turns it off, and he's waiting for his food order at a restaurant. He goes and gets his ordering, and then he looks at the ticket number, 111. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he has that. It's kind of well. That's kind of weird. That's good. so. It, again, God is trying to awaken us in those little moments, little moments, and then as he and his wife started to have more of these kinds of experiences, uh, little experience, little little seduction moments, which is how God operates sometimes. And his his wife says, "Well, you know, I don't really know how to pray." So as she went to bed that night, she just said, "God, you're there. Teach me how to pray." And she goes to bed. And in her dream, she hears, again, 111. She hears, I think it's Luke 11.1. I think that's what it is. I may get it wrong. I mean, it's maybe the other way around. I think it's Luke 11.1. So she wakes, she, she, in her dream, it's 111 again. She wakes up to Luke and she looks it up. And it's when the apostles are asking Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he teaches the Lord's Prayer. And it's like, I mean, you get those kind of moments. She doesn't know anything about the Bible. She has nothing for it to reference to. She doesn't know that Luke, you know, 11, 1, 1, 1, 1. She doesn't know that, but God does. And so what does he give her? He gives her a little experience to, again, not completely knock her off her feet, but just another moment to go, what is that? And that's all God is trying to do. What is that? He's trying to shake us. And again, it's not the miracle. And don't ever think it's the miracle. The miracle just gets our attention. That's not the relationship. But hopefully that encounter leads to a relationship. That's what happened to me. Uh, it woke me up enough that I started going deeper and deeper. And pretty soon I am reading the Bible and, and I am getting deeper into my faith. And I am doing Bible study and I am doing this, that, and the other thing. But that those moments wake us up to that. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I, and I love what you're saying there because it really is no different than the, than the New Testament with Jesus, is it? Because he's doing these miracle moments. He's having these miracle, miracle healings, uh, you know, supernatural moments that are kind of, as you said, the flare gun moments. And they're not just there for the sake of the miracles, but they're bringing people into the truth in relationship 
with God. So uh, I, I, I really, again, I don't think anything has really changed here in the last 2000 years. It's just, it's just so, so happens that we're not writing these uh, spirit answers podcast moments or the, or the touch by heaven podcast moments into the Bible, but, but they're still happening. They're still leading people into that relationship. Some people write these instances off as a coincidence and some people uh, use them to, to further and strengthen their faith in the relationship with God. It just yeah, depends on how you look at it. Yeah, right? it should. It should. That's what it does for me. As I hear the stories over the years, it fortifies my faith on, on a daily basis. If you look back, you know, you'll, you'll read, I think it's an Acts, and they baptized 3,000 people that day. And you go, wow, 3,000. Well, it's not because they all sat down with Scripture. What, what they, they saw something. They experienced something. They heard something. Something rang a bell. Uh, it's not like they were all ready to, you know, take take Bible study 101 uh, test at the end of the term, but they had experienced something to say, I'm in. Whatever this is, I haven't seen anywhere else. Whatever this God is doing, I haven't seen anywhere else. And it's leading me to something that looks a whole lot holier than I am now. So 3,000 baptized in a day, something's going on there. They're seeing something. Yeah, I agree with you. I want to come back real quick to... Uh, um, just looking at people that might kind of write off these modern day miracle moments that are happening. I've never done this before, but I want to go ahead and read off something real quick from John 20. And it's uh, specifically that moment with uh, doubting Thomas. I'm sure many people are familiar with this moment in the Bible. Uh, and I want to read through just a few scriptures here and come back to uh, kind of that point that we were trying to make in terms of uh, just, you know, it's great for people that don't need these miracle moments uh, in order to fortify their faith. But I think that there is something here that many people miss, and I want to go ahead and highlight here through the text real quick. So this is John 20, 19. I'm going to read 19 through uh, 26. So, And I'm using the, the amplified version here. So when it was evening on that same day, the first day of the week, though the disciples were meeting behind barred doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace to you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with great joy. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you as my representatives. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven because of their faith. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained and remain uh, unforgiven because of their unbelief. But Thomas, one of the twelve disciples, um, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples kept telling him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, uh, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and put my finger into the nail prints and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again inside the house and Thomas was with them. Jesus came through. Uh, Jesus came, though the doors had been barred and stood among them and said, peace to you. And then he said, uh, Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And so that was actually through verse 27. But the reason why I wanted to read that was because before Thomas had arrived, Jesus had actually shown uh, the other disciples his marks. And I think that that is unfortunately kind of glossed over uh, amongst many Christians because these the other disciples they had something to go off of here to to help fortify their faith whereas Thomas did not and what my takeaway from that is that 
there are these modern day miracle and supernatural moments that are still happening that are leading people to Christ and leading people to truth as is found in the word of God. But I do, unfortunately, I think that there are people that are kind of like Thomas that are, are not uh, believing the people that are having these, ex these experiences and, and these uh, moments with God. And I think that um, what, what can happen, unfortunately, is that there are many people that might uh, get too wrapped up maybe in, in, um, you know, the, the, the text or the laws and things like that of the text and lose the, the wonder and the splendor that is in, in the adventure that is having a relationship with Christ. And maybe sometimes might kind of over reason and overthink these things that are still happening. And so I, yeah, I just wanted to really highlight that because I think that, that we see a lot of those people today, unfortunately, like you said, um, you know, that is, that's amazing if they're able to find Christ without some of these, uh, supernatural moments and, and these flare gun moments. But, um, I think that we really do the people that are having these experiences like you or myself or, or, or the listeners, um, we're doing them a disservice when, when we're not, when, when we're not actually taking what they're saying seriously and, and quickly writing it off as if there's no way that these things can happen. Yeah, on so many levels. Uh, I mean, blessed are those who believe without seeing, and I and those people have more faith than I do. Those I, and actually, my you know, it's kind of, like, kind of funny as you experience more, the the faith part diminishes. I don't have that. You know, when I think about it, I don't have that much faith anymore uh, because there's just kind of this knowing takes <laughs> takes over for the faith. So it's not, you know, it's kind of there's kind of this thing that happens. But uh, at the same time, when you look at Thomas, the thing I, here's what I like about this story. Nowhere in what you just read does it say, and Jesus rebuked Thomas or not, you know, it doesn't say right. that. Right. It, it, he invites him. He invites him. Oh, you need the physical? Need the physical? Here you go. Well, people like me needed the physical, needed to see something that Jesus is doing today in order to wake me up. And so in his own way, Jesus said, oh, you need something physical? Okay. Uh, just put your fingers here, put your hand there. And that's what I've done with the experiences I've had with the experiences I've talked to other people and they have had. So it's like, there's room for all of us. You don't need to see them. You don't need to see the miracle and you have faith. That is so great. That is just so great. You do need Jesus offers that too. You can, it doesn't matter. He just wants a relationship either way. He wants the relationship and he'll do it either way. Well said. And, and, and I think, unfortunately, right now, what's going on in the body of Christ is really playing right into the enemy's hands, because I think he wants nothing more than for us to divide ourselves over these types of things. Maybe, well, maybe over these types of things, over experiences or, or otherwise. Uh, I, I read time and time again over in the New Testament, whether it's from Jesus or whether it's from Paul, that we are to stay together as one body. And if we don't do that, I, I really think that we be, we become a lot less impactful in the world. And I think the world takes notice of that. And if could you imagine how how strong we would be if we could st stand together as, as one body, as was originally written in the New Testament? And, well, and I, I just think that we would be making a, a much bigger impact. And I think that the world would, would really uh, take notice of this in incredible thing uh, called Christianity if we were able to do that. Something, something yeah. went wrong along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That ruler, that ruler guy who loves chaos. You That's know, he's right. A, he's a master of chaos. He does it really, really well. He separates us. We, he gets us all upset with each other. And uh, he, he knows. You know, I read this book. You, you want to read an interesting book? Read a book called Immortal Combat. Immortal Combat. You get to crawl inside the mind of Satan, if you will, of how he plays us. I kept seeing myself in this book, going, "Oh my gosh, he does do that." And he does help. He does build resentment in me towards somebody or something. 
by doing that. And it's just, it's fascinating. And it's, so it was just a great insight for me. So once you realize how he plays you, you can stop it. You can go, oh, wait a minute here, Jesus. You need to help me in this particular area. So it's a great book, Immortal Combat. That sounds really good. Uh, uh, who's the author? Do you remember? Uh, yes. It's a priest by the name of uh, Chad. No, is that right? No, that's Chad. Uh, Longenecker. I can't remember his first name right now. Longenecker. Is that a name for you or what? Yeah. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I can find it by the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so what do you, do you have a couple more stories to share with us as, as we kind of round out the hour here? Sure can. Um, you know, the ones that I, I this is, this, <laughs> these are bizarre. This one's bizarre. And, and I am surprised by how many people have had the experience. I shouldn't. Okay. 168 episodes so far. And, uh, four, maybe four have mentioned this, which is, I think is a high percentage considering what it is. It has to do, Alex, have you heard the stories of people who drive their cars through other cars? You know, I, I hadn't heard of it until I tuned in to Touch by Heaven. Amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Amazing. And you go, what are you talking about, Trapper? What cars drive? That's not even possible. Uh, early on, a guy by the name of Mike told me this experience. And actually, uh, a friend of mine, somebody I know had this experience. She was driving her van, had the kids in the car. A Corvette is turning a corner. It, it runs a light or something, and it's coming right for them. She says a quick prayer, and all of them, she and the kids, saw this Corvette drive through. I mean, it was like ghosty as everything kind of goes however that all works. And the guy, you know, they see his face, and he's looking stunned. And you know, they both get to both sides, and they kind of get out of the car and look at each other like, what was that? So I have a friend where this happened to. So that was my first experience many years ago. That story hasn't been on the podcast yet, but then I get this, uh, guy by the name of Mike. Uh, I can say his last name Daigle cause he wrote a book and this is part of it. But my, in Mike's case, he was around Crater Lake in uh, California many years ago and their van broke down he has a car and he's going to go or yeah, I think it was a car. He had not a truck, a kind of car. And he's, and he's on this road that it's a thin road there's some areas where it literally is one lane because there's water on one side and boulders on the other side. And he's, and it's midnight and boy, I hope nobody's coming the other way. And guess what? A drunk driver is coming the other way, a guy in his truck. And, and he sees him and it's like, there's, there's no time. There's just no time. And this guy is so blotto. He's just not even realizing what, what's going on. And he said, he described it. He said, all of a sudden it's Casper, the friendly ghost time. And he can see, he literally said, I can see the ground. He said, I see this car. I see this guy going by me. I see him looking at me. I see me looking at him. You have this moment that go through each other. They cross through each other. Everything becomes solid. He hits the brakes. The other guy has hit his brakes. He gets out of the car, goes back, taps on the guy's window. And he's just shaking his head like, I'm not opening my window. I'm, and he's going, no, hey, I'm just a guy like you. We both just went through something here. The guy ultimately rolls down the window and Mike says to him, uh, you look drunk. And he says, uh, I think this was a warning for you. What do you have? Wife, couple of kids. He says, that's exactly what I have. A wife and a couple of kids. And he said, this is a warning for you. Whatever that was, was, uh, was a warning for you. And, uh, so have a good day, you know, and they both went on their merry way. And I'm thinking, boy, this, so now I have two stories that I know that this happened. And I get this gal, Tracy, she talks about when she's a young driver, 17 years old, and she's making a right-hand turn onto a busy road. There's cars coming from the other way. They're turning. So anyway, she's, she's in a right-hand lane. There's another car directly to her left. 
And at a jack-in-the-box out in California, the drive-up window, they're actually out into the road. And again, she's got no time to react. There's just this car sticking out and she's turning and boom, there it is. And oh my God. And then suddenly she's on the other side and she's wow. just, what was that? And the only reason she, so she's at a Bible study class. She's at a, she's at a Bible study class. And the instructor says, by the way, we're going to talk about miracles today. Does, does anybody have a miracle to share? And this other girl and woman in the class says, yes, I, my car drove through another car. And uh, Tracy, who's on the podcast, goes, oh, my God, somebody else has happened to somebody else. <laughs> and so she ended up telling her story as well. And then another person who's become a friend of mine, her, her name is uh, Jane. In her case, I think it was about 20, 20 years ago, maybe. In her case, she's driving. She's She is a little distraught because she's driving to her. Her dad is dying. And so she's driving, and that's where her mind is. And she's kind of merging from one highway to another. And there's this single lane and she's merging onto this other single lane. And as she's getting onto it, she's been totally oblivious to the fact an 18 wheeler is coming up behind her fast. And she checks the rear view mirrors and she just sees it. And she sees she's about to get creamed by this 18 wheeler that she's just pulled out in front of. And she just braces for the impact. And then she sees the 18 wheeler in front of her. And there's no way it went around her because there was one lane. That's it. And then she ultimately pulls over to the side, shaking, and she hears a voice say, it's not your time. And wow. she just, and she realized angel voice, whatever, it's not your time. And that was it. And she knows it was an angel. She knows there was divine intervention. And she just, it was like, whoa. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it's not a kind of story you can just tell anybody. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, we have a friendly podcast called Touched by Heaven. This is not something you tell to everybody because, yeah, how much were you drinking? Are you crazy? No, this, this, oh, then another case, Tom, Tom was telling me he, he heard me on, I think, Coast to Coast or something radio show. And he immediately contacted me after I told some of these stories and going, I'm on the highway. I see this fireball accident in front of me. These two cars have come to a stop in front of me. There's six inches between them. I reach, it's in the middle of the night. My wife's asleep. I reach over to basically say, hold on. And there's like the six inches of, of room between and she, and he's ready to bam. And all of a sudden he's on the other side. There's just no way. And there's just no way. And his wife wakes up and goes, what just happened? And he, he tries to explain to her what just happened. And meanwhile, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on back there. Crazy stuff, Alex. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. It is crazy. It's crazy if it happens once, let alone you, you have several of these types of yeah. stories here. Yeah, yeah. And, and you hear them telling. These aren't people making up stories. They're right. in it. They're reliving right. these moments, these life-changing moments where, right. wow. you know. And then again, you pause and say, why them? Why not this person over here who died in the accident? We don't know that. We don't know God's timing. I do know that when we live within the, if, and I think St. Paul talked about this, when, you, when you're kind of in the bubble, as I call it, when you are living the life you're supposed to, when you are obeying God's commandments, when you actually care what his opinion is, when you actually cross that line of caring about his opinion more than yours, something happens and you start living the life and getting into that under the bubble of where you're supposed to be, nothing can take you out. Nothing can take you out. Right. Nothing can kill you until you have fulfilled what you have been destined to live. I know a family that was supposed remember that TWA flight 800 that whether it was shot out of the sky, they say it wasn't, but it was taking off from yeah. New York and it blew up and all that. Mm -hmm. I know a family that was supposed to be on that flight. 
And then they changed their flight for whatever reasons happened. They changed their flight and then suddenly kaboom, not your time, wow. not your time. You mm -hmm. haven't fulfilled yet what you're supposed to do. So, um, so the, 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 the key to all of that is nothing can take you out of your life right now when we are obedient to him and living that life. And, and, and we may have fulfilled everything today. I may be done today, but if I'm not, I'm going to keep on cooking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I love about touch by heaven is the way that you end every show. Uh, you always say to the guest or, you know, whoever's who, who's ever sharing their, uh, encounters that week, you know, what is the takeaway? And I wonder, uh, for you after your, your journey, uh, back to Christ and your experience now as, as the host of touch by heaven over the last three plus years, I wonder for you, uh, what has God shown you throughout this journey and what is your takeaway through all this? How interactive he is. Remarkably interactive. I know people say, I pray and I pray and nothing happens. Maybe, this has been my experience too, maybe he is carrying on a conversation, but you're he's standing right next to you. He's on to something else. He's on, on the thing you're praying about, he's saying, would you trust me? Trust me. He's standing right next to you, and he's been giving you dreams that you need, need to kind of look at the symbolization. Maybe he's giving you some numbers that mean supposed to mean something to you. Maybe he shows you a billboard that says life is what you make it. Maybe he's, maybe he's giving you a million different answers in, a, in an email or in a commercial. Maybe, 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 maybe he's talking to you. He's talking to all of us. I am convinced of that. He is interacting with every single one of us. And we can be oblivious. We can be blind. We can say, no, he's not. I can blow it off as coincidence. I think the takeaway for me is how dazzling he is, how patient he is, how interactive he is. Whether we know it or not, he is right there. He, he knows every breath, every hair on our head, and all those kinds of things. And that everything you read about in the Bible is still happening today. You're a Bible story. You are. I don't know what your burning bush is, but if it's not a burning bush, how God is communicating and using his, his entire creation as the canvas of communication, not because that's the big deal. That's not. The miracle is not the big deal. The encounter is not the big deal. The relationship is the big deal. How I then go, oh, it's you. And then he says, yeah, it's me. And then you start getting to know each other and loving each other even more. I mean, he's, he, he can't perfect how he loves you, but we are called to get closer and closer and love him and trust him. So beautifully said, so beautifully said, uh, you know, it really is, as it says in the Psalms, it's, it's an adventure when we true, when we choose to trust God and, uh, it's exciting and there's wonder. And I, I, I can't think of a, a better podcast that showcases that than, than touched by heaven trapper. And I want to tell everybody that if you like at all, what we do here at spirit answers podcast, you're going to love touched by heaven, uh, as, as you probably have already guessed by the miraculous, uh, encounters that Trapper share with us today. I have for those of you that are watching, I have the uh, website where you can access all the Touch by Heaven episodes. It's just www.touchbyheaven.net, and you can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Um, well, Trapper, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us today. Uh, it's incredible uh, to be able to speak to you. It's it's an absolute honor. I remember when I was still trying to figure out this whole God thing and figure out this relationship with Christ, what what, what it was all about. I remember listening to your show. Uh, when it first started. And uh, it, it's just such an honor to have you on the show with us today. I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your time with us.
Well, Jesus loves you for taking the step you have of, of having a relationship, and you're witnessing. That's what you're doing. We're, we're called to witness, aren't we? And uh, you're witnessing in a very public way, so God bless what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. That's it for the show this week, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. I am so thankful that we had a chance to have Trapper Jack on the show. He was one, his podcast was one of the reasons why I am even doing this podcast, one of the reasons why I am a Christian. When I became a Christian, there were a variety of different things that God uh, revealed to me, and one of them was through his podcast. Somebody had called into his podcast that was practicing Reiki, and um, she started to have some demonic uh, attacks through that. And that was the first time in my life that I had an understanding that perhaps, you know, because I was into Reiki at that time, that perhaps th- these these mo- New Age modalities that were uh, seemingly healing and helping could perhaps not be what they look like on the surface. Perhaps there was some kind of there was some kind of demonic undertone to everything, and so uh, I I'm I'm truly indebted to to him and his show and. Um, like I said here too in this show, like I, I remember when I was still searching uh, spiritually and I would put that show on, Touched by Heaven, like the I started listening to it like the third week it was going in early 2018 and um, you know, it's just wild, just wild how God is able to use, uh, just, just make things happen that you never thought were possible and it's all of his hand and, and, and for me to, to now uh, have a chance to share him uh, and what he's doing, Trapper Jack. Uh, on this podcast is it's it's totally God. It's it's so incredible to see him work, um, and and again just evidence of that relationship at play. Just so so uh, so beautiful to see that relationship and the way that God's able to interact with us each individually in in, in his own unique way. Um, and I I hope that that was was invigorating, and I hope that you give his podcast a listen. Um, uh, he one one caveat is that. Uh, there's some of the some of the stories. There's uh, you know, cause Trapper Jack is Catholic. There's some Catholicism mixed in there. I'm I'm not Catholic. I don't I don't um, uh, support Catholicism necessarily, but some of the doctrines I should say of Catholicism. But uh, nevertheless, I I can't recommend that podcast enough. Some in, in just incredible stories. If you at all like I said like what we do on this podcast, you'll love that one. And I hope that you will. Both tune into that podcast and this podcast. If if you're somebody that was like who I was, that I was just describing, somebody who's still spiritually seeking, I hope you continue to give both podcasts a chance and and keep us as part of your research. And if you haven't yet, to pick up a Bible and examine it for yourself, I guarantee you that there's going to be content in there that you're going to be really surprised exists, and it's it's much more than what the world makes it out to be that's you know that's uh, an incredible book filled with so much spiritual wisdom um so yeah i just can't say enough about that and just what an opportunity uh again don't forget to send in your uh uh new age to jesus testimony your uh near-death experience your uh encounter story whatever it is uh send it to my email at spirit answers podcast gmail.com And thank you, as always, for all you do to support the podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will be praying for you, and I will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.